Welcome to Obsessed Show, a podcast that is designed to inspire, featuring some of the most creative people in the world. I'm your host, Josh Miles. Welcome to season four of Obsessed Show. You'll note that we are no longer calling it Obsessed with Design. This season, we'll still be chatting with designers from branding, illustration, architecture, and design thinking, but we'll also be talking to other makers and creatives along the way. In fact, when we started the show, the plan all along was to broaden out and talk to other guests eventually, which was part of why our website and Twitter handle and Instagram are all Obsessed Show. If you're into what we're doing here, you might also want to check out my personal branding and marketing tips called 59 Second Friday. That's over at youtube.com slash Josh Miles. That's enough about season four. Let's talk about today's episode. Okay, kids, today we have an interesting topic to explore as we chat with Jonathan Grzbowski. He is the chief marketing officer and co-founder of Penji, an on-demand graphic design service that delivers fast turnaround, simple and affordable. Some of you listening might have shivered a little when I said that, and some of you might have been energized, and it's in that contrast that I'm hoping to explore further today. Penji has been named as a top startup to watch, according to Philadelphia Magazine, and mentioned in major publications like Success Magazine, Huffington Post, Forbes, and Inc. Prior to Penji, Jonathan founded multiple marketing-related startups and worked for Apple. You guys may have heard of that that company before that Apple. So without further ado, Jonathan, welcome to Obsessed Show. Thank you so much for having me, Josh. Excited to explore the journey of entrepreneurship and uh, challenging questions of graphic design. Yeah, you bet. And I am excited to jump into that as well. But as we do with all of our guests, uh, maybe we can get started here. Um, tell us how you found your way into this world of startups and marketing and graphic design. Yeah, the question about graphic design and Penji specifically was more so an accident. Uh, however, the idea behind um, entrepreneurship was very much so on purpose. Uh, when I, <clears throat> excuse me, when I worked for Apple, I there was a time in my life uh, I was like 23. I'm, I'm now 30. I was like 22, 23, and I just felt very unfulfilled. And there were moments where um, I, I felt like I needed to do something more in my life. I wasn't excited about my job. You know, here I am working for one of the best companies in the world, arguably the best company in the world. Yeah. And I just didn't feel that energy. I didn't feel, again, fulfilled. I didn't have a purpose behind this company. And one thing led to another. I ended up just quitting my job. And now I'm, I'm sharing that story not to tell somebody else to quit their job because I, I don't think that I would do the same thing differently. I, I don't think I would do the same thing that I did and I would do things differently if I were to do it all over again. But I ended up quitting um, my job with really no back, no, nothing to go back off of. Um, I, I started a business just, I guess, on my own, uh, which I did social media management and mm -hmm. I, I didn't have any clients when I quit. I just knew that like, you know what, I'll just figure it out. I had three months of, of <laughs> cash in the bank and I was like, I'll, I'll, fi I'll figure it out. And so you leap and the net will appear. <laughs> yeah. And you know, the net, I had to fall a little bit before that net, <laughs> before that net uh, appeared. Uh, exactly. was definitely pretty high, but um, you know, I knew that when I was starting this business, this, this digital marketing business, I, I only worked with restaurants because I knew that if I worked with restaurants, I could do one of two things. Number one, I can get money. And that would be ideal. Number two, I could always barter for food. I, I don't mind living. Uh, I don't mind sleeping in a basement. I don't mind sleeping in, in a car. I, I don't need a nice, comfy couch or whatever. I just knew I needed to eat because I was hungry all the time. Yeah. Um, so I did that for a while. Inevitably, started my own agency beyond that that initial failure that I had, and that kind of set the precedence of like where I am today because the agency that I founded. The one thing that uh, when I was going after clients, it, I found a really hard time trying to find other graphic designers. Now, I, by trade, am not a graphic designer. So when people are hiring us to do their social media, for example, I'm doing the graphic design. I am the least qualified person in the world to do graphic <laughs> design. 
So I would have to go on to freelance websites and I would have to go on to um, uh, students and, and people who are local to me. And then I used websites, again, freelance websites as well, and, and that just didn't work out. Nothing worked out because mm -hmm. I didn't have clear processes. I didn't have clear procedures, and I definitely didn't have the income to have hired somebody full time. So then fast forward, we started to grow a little bit, and now we're at a, we were at a point where we were able to hire somebody. And regardless of the things that – um, the bad things that we did as an agency, the one thing that we were always, that people always said that they loved, regardless of the crap SEO that we were able to deliver and the bad, <laughs> the bad development that we were able to do, they all said our design was absolutely amazing. Hmm. And so Isn't that ended, interesting? Yeah. And so then we're like, okay, well, we had this problem before and we found a solution. Let's do some research and see if other people also have the same problem. And so right before we launched Penji, we decided to interview close to 200 and something people. And we said, hey, do you have a problem in this world? And if you do, how big is the problem? And we asked all these other questions as well. But the last question I think is most important to the audience is if we build this, will you buy it? And we had an overwhelming majority of people that said, yes, we would. And they inevitably became the first batch of Penji customers. And so it wasn't necessarily something that we like set out to do, but we more so found a huge problem in the market and in the world. And then we built an entire business model around solving that problem. So it's interesting that you said um, maybe if you had it to do over, you might do it differently. Um, I'm curious if even before you went to work for Apple that you felt like this entrepreneurship thing was something that you might want to explore. Oh yeah, absolutely. I, I think I have a very strong and harsh opinion about this. I don't think entrepreneurship can be taught. I don't think that entrepreneurship um, can be studied on in order for you to convert into entrepreneurship. Mm -hmm. I, I think it's one of those things that you just innately feel in your body and soul. And it's not necessarily like an ego thing. Not once did I ever say like, I want to be my own boss. That was never like the idea. It was more so I know that I can, I mean, I guess this is the side of ego. I felt like at the time that I could create something that was bigger and solved a problem and was able to help more people. And that was something that was forever ingrained in my, in my DNA. So I, I want to get into the, the product and um, kind of how you guys looked at this problem uniquely. And I, I think it's worth maybe digging into this kind of freelancer versus entrepreneur, like if you see a dichotomy there, but maybe we should talk a little bit about the product first, just so our listeners understand kind of what you guys have built. So I understand at yeah. this point, you know, it's kind of based on a, a need that you saw in the market and and something that you felt uniquely positioned to be able to, to serve up this service. Um, you know, who, who ultimately is, is your customer or client with Penji? Like who's, who's a really good fit to use this service, I guess, on each side of the equation. Yeah, I'll give you all sides of the equation. Um, so the, I would say separate into three categories. You have uh, startups, you have agencies, uh, people who do web design and app design development. So basically like us, our former selves. And then the last would just be like organizations that have a marketing team, but maybe the marketing person is kind of um, you know, doing a hundred different things and they're not by trade a graphic designer. They might be the strategist behind it. And mm -hmm. yeah, they're, 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 again, they were a version of myself just doing the design, even though you have no qualifications in order to do so. So for startups, I think we're there because we're budget friendly. For agencies, I would say we're budget friendly, but at the same time, we're efficient and we plug right in. Because a lot of times agencies, they, uh, they don't necessarily do the graphic design, but they have tacticians that are able to uh, increase sales from funnels. They're able to deliver results when it comes to uh, advertisements or whatever it, else it could be. Um, and then time for the last one, which is the marketing people, because they, they're getting paid 60, 40 to 80,000, maybe more a year. And 
them spending even a day or an hour on graphic design isn't why they're there. They're there to innovate and strategize. So mm-hmm. that's kind of the elements of the equation. How about on the designer side of this? Like what's the, um, what's the supply side look like? Well, so the supply side is going back to the designer that works within the company is getting paid X amount of dollars a year. Um, do you want your lead designer to create a banner ad? Do you want your lead designer to create a landing page for a company? More often than not, you probably want them to get on the phone call, talk to your client, talk to the client, and then strategize and come up with a game plan. That's why they're there. But all the medial stuff that they don't necessarily care for, that's where a service like Penji comes in perfectly to play because we've become that the ancillary solution for the business where they kind of just use us, they trust us, we're reliable, we're always there for them no matter what time of day that they, that they want to work, um, and then we'll deliver in a timely manner. So that, that's kind of like how we, we integrate nicely into the agency world. So is your design talent uh, a mix of domestic and offshore or is it mostly international? What, what's that look like for you guys? It's, I would say it's a mix because there are times where um, a large majority of our graphic design is here and done in the United States. We're right outside Philadelphia uh, in a city called Camden, New Jersey. Uh, a lot of the design is here, but we also need to be made sure that we are a 24-hour company, a 24-7 uh, company. And we can't do that by, uh, at least as of this moment, we can't do that via um, United States uh, people. It's best to be able to use uh, overseas talent. And for those reasons, only when we get bogged down when it comes to our graphic design do we actually use that, that talent. Yeah, it's hard to find guys in New Jersey who studied graphic design who never want to sleep. I don't yeah. know. I don't know what that is. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, we just have shock collars, and if they decide to, di- if they dip their head <laughs> at, a, at a certain angle, we just, uh, you know, we give them a little jolt and tell them to get back to work. <laughs> Kidding so, aside, that is not what we do. I want to be very clear <laughs> to the general audience. <laughs> so, some of our audience may have heard of, and I guess some of the ones that people may see as competition for you would be sites like Ninety uh, Nine Designs or Fiverr. Um, how, how would you differentiate yourself from those types of services that are in the market and kind of out and top of mind? So for a company like, uh, like a Fiverr, I'll, I'll start there. The hardest thing on freelance websites is you have to interview the person and then, or multiple people. And then you have to ask them questions about themselves and their style. And you look at their stuff and then you go ahead and you hire them. And then you tell them to create a landing page. And it looks like stick figures done in like MS paint back in 97. Right. (laughs) Right. And that's annoying because again, you, you take a lot of time and resources that you could be using elsewhere. And so for that particular option we want to be a reliable solution where or a trusted solution so you sign on to penji regardless of the time of day you know that we're going to be delivering you quality graphic design because we offer the best graphic design on the planet so that's that's one that's one area so there's like no thought behind it you just sign up and you go that's kind of like the 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 premise and then for the 99 design example you're getting so many particular graphic designs that are templated. There's nothing specific to you, the individual in which the solution in that matter is we offer you the opportunity to collaborate in real time with your designer. And you can talk to them as if that you're messaging on Slack or Facebook messenger. And so if you want to get that personalization out there, personally, I think that you could get that done a little bit more, a little faster and a little bit easier than that you would of like another another competitor um, because that real time collaboration goes a real long way. You might receive something really sick when it comes to like ninety nine design, but is that really the solution that is for you? Or maybe that same thing could be used in a hundred and one of of the of different examples that they're given, um, and is just so lucky enough that you are the one that chose that one. But with us, you're getting something custom and personalized every single time. 
So I would guess, especially within um, startups who kind of have an established look and feel, or maybe within an in-house um, marketing team who's looking to add some design talent, um, there would be the challenge of kind of basing everything off of a set of standards. So um, when clients sign on with you, do they get like an assigned designer or team of designers, or do you kind of get a, a is it more like zone defense or man to man? I'd say a combination of both. <laughs> since you're since you're a a basketball person, I'm assuming. Yeah. Um, we're, well, we're just coming off the Final Four. That'll date this a little bit since we won't release for a couple of weeks. But uh, yeah. just stayed up last night to watch the end of that game. But uh, I I would say it's like a full court press uh, coming back into a zone. <laughs> <laughs> um, you you could definitely get the one on one if you so choose. Uh, you can also, if you don't like that particular designer and you want to uh, get something, get another opinion, then you can ask for that. So you have a, a, a leader within the, your team and that, that person will be able to facilitate the, the style and the design that's best suited for, for you. So if you're like, I'll, I'll give you an example, if you're like a, a, makeo, a makeup company, you, you most likely, and this isn't me just being gender profiling, but you most likely probably won't want a male um, that does the makeup if that male has never touched or used makeup before in, 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 his, in his or her life. Mm-hmm. Um, however, if that person is a little bit more suited for a makeup company, then you're going to get somebody that's best suited for the makeup brand. Yeah, no, that makes sense. Um, so I, I would imagine one of the questions that's sort of screaming in the ears of some of our more seasoned listeners. How do you be, make it profitable? Yeah. How do you make it profitable? <laughs> and yeah. So let's, let's tackle that piece first. Yeah. Um, I would say that it's profitable in the sense that you, it all depends on the, the system, the systemized process in which we, we go about our work. Um, there are a lot of processes and procedures that we've come up with in order to make sure that it's profitable at the same time from a customer's perspective, we work on one project at a time or two projects at a time or three, depending upon your subscription tier. So we won't move on to the second design unless the first design is complete. And so you have a revision process, you have a, um, a design process that all takes time. Um, regardless of what you as the consumer need to know is regardless of the time of day and regardless of what you, you submit, we're going to deliver a project complete in its completed form in under 48 hours every single time. Hmm. So in terms of profitability, yeah, you know, if we had, if we were a normal company and we had 10 awesome clients, we wouldn't be able to scale the, the way that we're able to do so. But us having hundreds and thousands of clients, now it gives us a little bit more wiggle room in order for us to, uh, to, to work. So from my um, previous experience in the agency world, which is kind of the bulk of my professional experience, um, you know, one of the things that would sort of kill you from a profitability standpoint is when you have a fixed bid project with lots of revisions. So, um, at least at quick glance on your website, most of your packages are kind of flat monthly fees. So how do you guys combat that potential problem? We we try to make it as easy as possible in order for our uh, customers to get the, the designs that they're looking for. Um, in, in a timely manner. So when you sign on to Penji, that's why we have a digital platform that you're, allows you to communicate. Um, one of the hardest things for you to do, and you would know this better than anybody, is the back and forth via email. So mm-hmm. you send an email and you're like, hey man, uh, change, you spelled the word uh, featured episode wrong. Um, can you fix that? And you're like, well, crap. Like featured episode is listed six times in this entire document. Where the <laughs> hell is, where the hell, where the hell is this this featured episode wording? And and so, with Penji, you're able to take your mouse and you're able to click with one click of a button, and you'll be able to pinpoint exactly what you want changed. So with your mouse, you can just tell us 
that this is the featured episode that you that you want changed or this color this section of the logo you want blue instead of pink um, so there's no really guess and check um, it's literally just clear-cut accountability on all parts because if you tell us that you want something done and you don't click it then it's not going to get done so it sounds like there's also a bit of a software as a service element to this offering yeah absolutely i would definitely say that there is a software as a service element to it it's not necessarily full SaaS because there is a um i guess instead of software as a service SaaS, it would be service as a service (laughs) you know so it is technically spelled the same way right but it's it's all backed by software but it's just there is an, an additional element of it. it's not true SaaS, but yeah, no, that makes sense. Um, so I would guess that the other criticism that you would probably get on this concept from the design world would be, um, you know, isn't this really devaluing what professional designers do? So what's your response to that line of argument? I, I mean, I, I'm going to have a biased opinion. And I'm going to say no, but I can definitely see the argument of where people would say yes that it is devaluing. My, uh, I'll give you a perfect example. My, uh, well, maybe not perfect, but a real life example for me, my girlfriend's brother is a graphic designer in a, an agency. And we have conversations about this all the time. And I even asked him myself, like, are you offended that I'm doing this? And he was like, no, because there's a need for every angle of business. He has his particular, so he, he does really high-end graphic design for a digital agency. Mm-hmm. And so for him, he, he knows that his world can't be uh, replicated because his style of design is so specific that it's, it's, and it's so high-end that that's his speciality. For a company like ours, we're not necessarily going to say that this design is handcrafted with all these different types of researches and emotions and feelings. There are people on the ladder that want that full attention and that conversation and that emotional connection with somebody. And that's fine. That's the other side. And then the additional side of that would be people just want graphic design in order to complete their tasks. And I would say that we're not necessarily devaluing the world of graphic design. We're more so adding an additional element of help to those who are bogged down with maybe creativity um, lulls in their lives, or they may be down in the sense that they're just doing so much and they have so much work that they need that additional help. And so we kind of come in as the, as the help and not necessarily trying to take over somebody else's job. More often than not, and I, I'd say a large majority of our customer base has an additional graphic that has a designer in their company um, outside of us. So we are not the sole graphic designer within the company. We're more so again, that additional support in order to help the main person or the strategist within a company complete their tasks. So is it fair to say that your, um, that Penji's really, um, positioned better for more of like the entry level or maybe more of kind of the day-to-day production driven design stuff, as opposed to, um, as you described your brother-in-law's role. I would say, I would say that we, yeah, we, we would more so, I mean, listen, we can do that, but I, I see more often than not the case studies come back and say, and, and our customer data data says that we are more so used as a help and less as a, uh, create, uh, we're not the main resource for graphic design. We are an additional, um, resource to the gra- the current graphic design team. So maybe to, um, shift gears a little bit away from Penji and more to you personally, Jonathan, um, you know, as a, as a startup founder and CMO, um, you know, you're coming at this, I'm sure wearing, multiple hats, maybe besides those two, um, is there a typical day for you or what is, what are kind of your typical activities throughout the work week? Um, you know, I'll be perfectly honest. That is definitely something that I'm still trying to figure out as a, as a co-founder of a company. 
um, it's, it's hard to wear all these different hats. And if anybody out there that is listening that, that can relate to that, you, you'll know. My primarily role is sales. My job is to create meaningful connections. My job is to share the story and is to introduce Henji into new audiences. Um, that's my role. So a day-to-day task would be I have a particular team that I work with uh, amongst the company and I am fixated on developing partnerships, relationships, and making sure that our sales team is able to uh, to grow and we're able to get new connections in addition to advertisements. I also have another co-founder that is doing the other portion of that. So it's I'm very blessed and honored to have uh, another co-founder and another partner in crime that is willing to share the load. But I also would say that we have amazing managers too, and they're able to do what they, what they do best. So I, it's a, it's a true team collaboration in terms of how we operate, but my primary role is sales. So we've uh, chatted with a guy who's actually here in Indianapolis named Christian Anderson, who runs a startup studio called High Alpha, or he's a, a partner in that studio. Um, and we talked a little bit about fundraising and those kind of things in the startup world. Maybe we'll link to his two episodes in the show notes. But I'm I'm curious, just from a funding perspective, if you're willing to share, um, you know, is this a total bootstrap thing? Do you guys have angel investors? Are you currently raising or what what's that side of your business look like today yeah that is something that we are very proud to to admit that we are cash flow positive uh we've created this thing 100 from the ground up we've never received angel money we've never received vc money there might be a point in time where one day you know maybe we we do want to go that route but at this moment we don't need it we're we're again cash flow positive. So everything that we've done, everything that we've built has been due to our processes, our procedures, and our 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 communication with our team. You know, we have we have a team of over forty people now, and I believe that we're very we're a well oiled machine. Everybody knows what is expected of them. Everybody knows how to perform and what to do in order to grow the company. And uh, yeah, it, it's cool to not necessarily have to have board meetings every week to talk about the <laughs> right. of how of how we're doing. Um, if we wanted to shift gears on a moment's notice because we see a trend, we could do that. And we don't have anybody telling us that we can't. Now, that may not necessarily be the, the smartest business move in the world, but if we wanted to, we could do whatever we want. And, and I think that that freedom is, is priceless. You know, I know we've all hit, um, rough spots or kind of unforeseen challenges along our way. Um, I'm curious maybe what a major, uh, unpleasant surprise has been for you in the past, uh, with Pinji, or maybe if you want to take that a different direction, what's the biggest challenge that you are tackling currently? Uh, I mean, I, I would say it's a lot of things. Um, two things in particular is, our goals in particular are so aggressive that um, there's just not enough time in the day in order for us to introduce Penji to mm-hmm. as many people as we want, as we want to. Um, so I think we have an amazing sales team, but we want to be able to grow this thing even double, triple, quadruple. And we, we kind of have all the right systems and processes in place. Unfortunately, it's just that patience thing in order for you to just, Hey, you're doing the right thing you know you're doing the right thing. You might want it now. You just don't deserve it yet. Yeah. So that's definitely one angle of it. That's a really hard thing mentally that you have to overcome. The second thing would just be like me as a person and human being and as a leader. I would say more often than not, I, I, get, into, uh, I get in a lot of people's way because I think that there are times where I, I, know, I know all. And... Um, I need to come up with better solutions for myself to say, you know what, I don't know all. And the reason why that these people are here are more qualified than I am. And I just need to be able to trust that they're doing the right thing. And that comes with ego. And so it's just like an ego thing and a patience thing, but it's two things that I'm obviously self-aware about and just a matter of time and, and, and training your body and your mind in order to, 
to think in that in that limelight. Well, I'm sure being in the uh, entrepreneurial space yourself, you may be aware that uh, for the past few years, especially, it's kind of been all the rage for designers to create their own product or create their own thing to augment the design work they're doing. Um, so maybe someone listening today is a is currently a designer, they're considering a product thing, but they've sort of been on the fence and they haven't really gotten off of the sidelines, so to speak. So what would you say to that listener today? To the listener that has a project, but hasn't necessarily, they have the design capabilities. Is that what you're saying? No, they're, um, so currently they're a designer, but they're thinking about launching their own startup or creating some sort of productized thing, you know, not yeah. necessarily pingy, but that, you know, yeah. they've, they've got a startup kind of in the back of their head. What well, you know, yeah, what would totally. your advice be to the person who hasn't started yet? Yeah, I would say, uh, you probably shouldn't start at all until you get the data behind it because, there are so many people that have come up to me and said, Hey man, I have this really cool idea. Would Penji be a good fit? And my answer is going to be yes at all times because it is, but it doesn't mean it's going to be successful. And that's what like really bothers me nowadays about entrepreneurship is that we've romanticized and we sexualize entrepreneurship through our Instagram and our YouTube channels and our Facebook and all this other crap. At the end of the day, your idea, like everybody has a good idea, but like you have to be able to execute the idea in order to make it f profitable. And that requires you to do things that you normally wouldn't do. So if you're a designer, you could be an introvert and you don't like talking to people. Well, you need to change that. And you need to go out and you need to call 150 to 200 people or email or meet with these people in order to make sure that whatever it is that your idea is going to fix um, that you know damn well that you have 200 potential customers that are willing to, to sign up today because of that problem mm -hmm. that you're solving. And I just think that a lot of people go off of this emotional reaction of like, I have a good idea and they're not willing to commit the time in order to do the research and slow play the role of, of, of your idea. I think that passion to some degree is, is fooling you because at the end of the day, let's just say six months from now, right? You, you quit your business and, or you, you, you want to start your startup in six months time. I can almost guarantee you that you're going to be back at square one questioning your life the same way that you may be questioning it now. And the only difference is now you have a startup and you have experience in order that you can go off of in a good story. But it, the passion <laughs> that you have, right? You, you, it's going to die down. It's, you're going to lose it. I guarantee, I promise you, you will lose that passion. It's not going to be as romantic as it is in the beginning. So the only other thing that is left outside of that passion is your desire to want to solve that problem. And if that, that will, I mean, that's, that's from my experience, at least. Uh, I have a huge desire need that I want to help more people with this problem that I had. And I still have passion for it, but there were moments where I lost that passion. I had to look back and say, what am I actually doing? Why am I doing this in the first place? Oh, it's because of my purpose. I want to help those who help others. And um, I hope that I was able to be helpful to the person that's listening. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So there's, um, there's another um, thought leader in this space um, who's got a podcast and a YouTube show. I think I mentioned her before. Her name's Sunny Leonard Doozy. And she was talking about on a recent episode of her podcast. Um, I, I want to say her equation was something like to identify your business niche. You really have to look at like talent times profit minus passion, which on the surface sounds like a ridiculous thing. Like why would you want to go after something you don't have passion for? But I think she was basically saying you have to take passion out of the equation to yeah. decide if it's going to work. And and I love the idea that you're suggesting of even going and asking people, would you buy this thing if I did this before you even get after it? I think that's that's a really um, insightful concept that probably a lot of people don't follow. There's one thing in, the, in your life, in everybody's life, that will never lie to you, and that's your numbers. 
like you have your friends, your mother, your sister, they all, your, your significant other, they will all lie to you at some point in time, but numbers don't lie. So if you have 200 people that are willing to say yes, I think that's pretty good validation in my, my eyes. So I'm curious, um, you know, I ask a lot of our, um, interviews if they have any design heroes. And I know you said you don't come from a design background, but I'm curious, you know, are there any entrepreneurial heroes or anybody that you look up to that, especially as you were getting started, like, man, I, I hope to kind of follow in the footsteps of this person someday. Yeah, I would, I actually have two answers to that. And, um, and it's a really good question. I, from a design perspective, I would say Johnny Ive. Um, and he has nothing to do with graphic design whatsoever, but I think his ability, so to people who have no idea who Johnny Ive is, Johnny Ive is the lead designer. I don't know what his exact role is, uh, of Apple. And I think from a engineering perspective, his flawless and impeccable design of the product is what separates a company like Apple, um, from everybody else. Now I wish that the software was, was on par <laughs> with the, uh, with, with the hardware, but I mean, it's safe to say that their hardware is top notch and it can't be, can't even be questioned that they're the best from an entrepreneurial perspective. I would say Tony Shea from Zappos has mm -hmm. always been that guy that I truly admired and respected because Talk about a company that that grew due to over promising, uh, under promising, and over delivering. That was the fundamental foundation of how he grew the company. Zappos, he's the CEO, the former CEO, where right? he could still be CEO, but I know they got bought out by Amazon mm -hmm. of Zappos, and he started his whole idea behind shoe buying shoes online, which was uh, nobody did at the time. But any time that you bought a shoe you would automatically get a free upgrade to like next day shipping or something like that. And at the time it was unheard of. And so the idea behind under promising and over delivering, I'd say st stays true to, to our company today. And that's kind of just like a thought process that we have. I'm curious if, um, you know, there's kind of two ways to come at this. I'm curious, one, if Pinji is is like your forever role, or if we want to take the um, um, kind of the yes and approach to say, okay, so maybe I maybe I'm with Pinji forever. However, what what additional problems would you hope to solve as an entrepreneur, or <laughs> or are you committed to this design problem as kind of the the forever thing? The answer is no. Um, this isn't the, the final thing and this isn't necessarily the last straw. Um, there are a lot of different things that we have in under our sleeve, so to speak, that we can't necessarily divulge into, but I would say that there, there are things that there are other problems that works that we're seeing in addition to the people that we're talking to um, at, at our customers at Penji. So this isn't the last thing I can, I could promise you that this is the first of, uh, you know, many, many things to come. You know, when somebody from New Jersey tells me they, they can't tell me or they'd have to kill me, I tend to yeah. tend to be more believable. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, man, you screw around. You're screwing with the fishes, bro. <laughs> so we won't take that line of questioning yeah. any further listeners. Yeah. If you want to reach out to Jonathan, go guy, just let me know. <laughs> right. so Right. Um, so maybe shifting gears dramatically for just a second, um, you have podcasts as well. So tell us a little bit about your show. Yeah, my podcast stemmed from curiosity. I It's called Blind Entrepreneurship. And as a young at the time, I mean, I'm still relatively young, who are we kidding? At, uh, at, the, at the time, I had no idea what business was, but I knew that I needed mentors. Um, I knew that I needed advice from people that just lived it better than I did. And I could answer the, the common problems and questions of entrepreneurship in life. And, um, I knew that if I want, if I were to ask them for a meeting, they probably would say no. But if I gave them a platform in order for them to talk about themselves, then I'd be able to get that. I would be able to get that. Um, I'd be able to become friends quicker 
than I would mm. if I were to just say, Hey man, like you want to grab coffee? And then you forget the conversation. <laughs> right. Cause it ha- I'm, I mean, you can answer this too uh, about why you do podcasting, but if you build a really strong connection with the other person, like I'm never going to forget our conversation because you're giving me the ability to share my story amongst your audience. Even if your audience is one person, it's more than what I started with today. Um, I, you know, I, I hope it's not one person, but, <laughs> um, but to that same sense, like just the ability and the thought process to just hear somebody else's story and ask somebody's quite like so many questions for your own selfishness, you can learn a crap ton just by, by doing, by starting your own podcast. So that's kind of why I started it and just for, to, to gain friendship and it ended up turning into a really cool thing where actually people want to listen to it. So it turns out pretty awesome. Yeah, that's awesome. I, I tell people all the time that the converse, conversations that I have on the show are, you know, these are conversations I'd like to have anyhow. And it just yeah. so happens that I get to record them and share them with other people. And, and like you said, you know, other, other people will benefit from this in the future. And it's, and it's something that can kind of live on indefinitely. So people can come back uh, years later and, and pick up this show and, and hopefully still learn a few nuggets from it. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, these things are evergreen. This, this podcast will, will never leave the, the world of the internet. Um, and you can go back into it a year from now and just be like, man, I was such an idiot. I knew, I knew nothing about life and business when I first started <laughs> this. And now here I am knowing just a little bit more, not, not too much, but just a little bit more. Yeah, for sure. Um, and, and good news. We do have more than one listener. So hi mom, but yeah. we also have, mom and dad, uh, just yeah, I mean, most of our, most of our episodes get about 2000 downloads. So our, our listeners, uh, may or may not know that, but, um, but I do appreciate everyone who tunes in and subscribes. And um, you're asking great questions. I, I do want to say, uh, I've been on many podcasts and I think your curiosity shows and it's something that I could personally not knowing you outside of this conversation, I could tell you have a huge uh, desire to want to create good content for your people. And so your questions are incredibly intelligent and thoughtful. And and I'm appreciative of you taking the time and researching a little bit about what we do. Yeah. And I appreciate that. And, you know, it's a balance too, because I don't necessarily want to know your life story before I talk to you. Um, or I think I would just naturally lose some of that curiosity. So when I prep for one of these interviews, especially, you know, in full disclosure, you and I did not know each other at all before we connected over email and tried to get something scheduled. So, you know, in, in our exchange, I looked a little bit at what you did and I was like, Oh, there could be some controversial questions here. I hope you don't mind if I push some of these buttons. You said, Nope, fair game. You know, I read a little bit on your bio, a little bit on your website, and that was enough for me to kind of like wet my whistle so that that we could have an informed conversation without me feeling like I already knew the answers to all the questions I was going to ask you. So that's really my favorite way to go after this. Absolutely. That's great. It's a great way. So I'm curious, um, this is, this is a question that we ask absolutely everybody on the show. And, and yes, we have almost always interviewed designers, but we recently changed the name from obsessed with design to just obsessed show number one, because we wanted to include other creative types, including entrepreneurs, uh, on the show. And I think there's a lot that fellow creatives have to learn from one another, even if they're not all designers. I think even though our audience is largely from the design world. Uh, so all that to say, this is the question I've asked everyone, which is um, we're all sort of a, an obsessed group of people, right? So I'm curious what you find that you are most obsessed with right now. I would say my mental stability <laughs> is what I am most obsessed with right now. Um, I have a very obsessive personality. Um, when I have an idea or when I have like a, a solution to a problem, I don't stop thinking about it. Like I can't even think about anything else. Like nothing else matters to me. So, so I guess I'll answer this in two ways, how to make, how to get more people, how to get more eyes on Penji 
we're a young company. We're only a year and a half old. We have over a thousand customers. So we're growing at an astronomical rate. I would argue without necessarily disclosing all information, we're one of the fastest growing companies in America. And I have no problem going up against that claim. And so how can you get more eyes on the product and how can we help more people? How can we deliver an incredible experience for our customers that they want to refer us? That's like my current obsession. The secondary obsession would be just like mental stability and health, um, eating the right things, uh, working out. Uh, I turned 30 this year and I, uh, I told myself that I'm going to run a triathlon, a marathon, a, um, a tough mutter. I'm doing the broad street, which is 10 miles in, in a couple mm-hmm. of, a couple of weeks. So like I'm stressing my body to the absolute limit. And, uh, and so I need to just be mentally, physically, emotionally well kept. And yeah. that then transpires into the world of business that if I'm able to do these things, then what can I do in a business world? Because, there's 40 plus people that are relying on me to be the best version of myself. And if I'm not eating right and training right, then, then why, why would I even, why would I be considered a leader? Yeah. Even, um, so like this past Monday, um, I overslept enough to where I was like, I don't have time to go to the gym, but I still ran down in the basement, did some push ups. You know, grab some dumbbells, did some curls and a couple, you know, just quick things that I can do at home with some 25 pound dumbbells, you know, nothing, yeah. nothing too crazy, but it's amazing how much more energy I had for the rest of the day after doing yeah. that, after waking up, like, Oh, I can't move. I can't get out of bed. Mm-hmm. So, um, do you experience that kind of thing too from oh, hell yeah. physical activity? <laughs> hell yeah. Uh, I used to go to the gym at night and I was like, I, I don't really sleep ever um i'm actually asleep right now i'm just talking (laughs) during my sleep but yeah so we just um what i did was i i I changed my habit and i i I created a habit and i told myself that i need to wake up earlier i need to go to try to go to bed a little bit a little bit earlier as well and so yeah i I go to the gym at around seven eight o'clock in the mornings now and i'm just like ready to go like i'm my my I'll answer this way. I'm an energy driven person. So I need to release my energy in some form of fashion. And so like whether it's a quick run or whether it's like dumbbells or, or push-ups, I need to get this out of me in order for me to go <laughs> right. to work with a clear head. Cause if not, then my energy will be bottled up throughout the entire day. And nobody wants that. <laughs> no, yeah, exactly. Nobody wants that for sure. So yeah, I mean, I can totally relate to that, that, that feeling that you just gave that it feels great being able to work out in the morning or even meditate for that matter. Meg. So, um, I'm curious if you have maybe a favorite piece of advice that you have received or maybe what's your favorite piece of advice for new team members at Penji? For new team members, uh, there is something that we do ask every single employee before they quote unquote become an employee, um, which is what is your dream and how can we help you get there? And I think a company culture that we're, that we're building is that we want to be there for our employees, even if they, a lot of them want to be entrepreneurial. And so uh, we want to be able to support them, whether it's here or whether it's elsewhere. We want to make sure that when they interact with our, our, our company culture, that they know that they were loved unconditionally when working with us. Hmm. Um, that's something that's really important. Very cool. Well, Jonathan, before we let you go here, I want to give you one last chance to remind our listeners where to find you online, how to learn more about Penji and maybe where to track down that podcast. Yeah. The, the, the podcast is, uh, I'll hit that out of the way because that's the quickest blind entrepreneurship. Uh, you can go and search it on your favorite platform. Uh, the main thing though, if you do need any form of graphic design help, if you love our story, if you love what we value, um, and if you need any type of on-demand graphic design support, then just head over to penji.co. It's P-E-N-J-I dot C-O. And uh, we'd love to be your, your, your support, your graphic design support. 
and anywhere to connect with you personally? Yeah, uh, Twitter is probably the best way uh, at Grisbowski J, and that's a that's a long one. I should probably change that, <laughs> but it's uh, G R Z Y B O W S K I J uh, at Twitter is probably the best way. Awesome. Well, for our listeners who struggle with consonants, we will definitely put that in the show notes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Jonathan, it was a pleasure catching up with you today. And uh, thank you for being obsessed with design. Yeah, thanks for the opportunity. Okay, kids, that's show number 118, officially in the books. I hope you enjoyed our chat today with Jonathan Grisbowski. As we expand our topics here at Obsessed Show, please tweet at Obsessed Show and let me know who else you think we should talk to. Do you want to hear from video people, from authors, from painters? What kind of creators and creatives and makers are most interesting to you? Because that's who I want to interview on this show. Don't forget to check out that new 59 Second Friday series all about personal branding and marketing on YouTube. That's youtube.com slash Josh Miles. And it would mean a lot to me if you just hit that subscribe button. Every subscriber means a lot. You can get all of today's show notes on our website, still at obsessedshow.com. And if you haven't already while you're there, add your email address to our newsletter. I'll update you on some of my favorite new episodes and some cool things I find in my daily obsessions. Of course, all the links are over at obsessedshow.com to all the places you can find this show, iTunes, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, SoundCloud, Google Play, and Spotify. So no matter where you find your podcasts, chances are you can listen to Obsessed Show from there. Just head over to obsessedshow.com. The Obsessed Show learned to ride without training wheels at Miles Herndon, a branding agency in beautiful downtown Indianapolis. Visit milesherndon.com to learn more. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time.